good to have you back. Hallelujah. Can we just open our hearts this morning to the Spirit of God? He's the revealer of all truth. Amen. Let our prayer be a prayer that, Lord, I will hear what your Spirit is saying, not what I want to hear. Often we hear what we want to hear. But let us open our ears to hear the voice of God. Father, we thank you. This morning, Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our spirit to you. God, we open our ears to you. Because you taught us through your parables, he that has ears, let him hear. God, teach us to hear the voice of your spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, Holy Spirit series. And this is session three of the series on Holy Spirit. The first week, we talked about the person and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are so many wrong teachings and wrong ideas about the Holy Spirit. And we've been trying to unpack that slowly and understand who this Holy Spirit is, the person in the Holy Spirit, how He ministers to us, and the purpose of His Spirit in our lives. And then next, last week, we talked about the two spirits, two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God, there's the kingdom of Satan. And Dan spoke about that and he taught us about how these two kingdoms operate and where we belong in that kingdom. And uh, this morning, I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very important for us to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because when you understand, then the more revelation you have about the Holy Spirit, the more clarity you have and the more confidence you have to walk in the Holy Spirit that is available to you and I in our day-to-day life. Amen. See, it's, it, it's like there is no point. You might have all the strength and all the equipment and all the gear as a soldier and you prepare yourself for the battle and you have the gun, you have everything. But if you don't have the ammo in it and your gun is useless, your training is useless. True? It's the same thing. It's the Word of God is like that ammunition. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but by principalities and powers. Amen. So it's the, because when we understand it, it helps us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit with greater confidence, with greater boldness in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. So Acts 1.8, we've been talking about this Acts 1.8. You know, he said to them, wait before you go out in, into the world because at Matthew 28, we hear he said, Go forth and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he gave them a commission to the disciples. He gave them that great, great mission that is to go and reach out uh, this world. But he said, Now before you go, make sure you wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the power. 
It's the Holy Spirit that connects the power of God within you. So when you take the gospel, you're not just walking with mere words, but you're carrying the power of God and then you minister the power of God. Paul talks about that. It's not just about mere words, but I come to you with what? Power. And the power is not his power, it's the Holy Spirit that was indwelling within him. Amen? So in 1 Corinthians, so I want to talk about this, and I've got illustration to show you, but it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. I love that. It's a biblical thing to desire spiritual gifts. I don't know how often do we desire and long for spiritual gifts. How often do we go, God, I long, I desire for the spiritual gift in my life. So Paul's teaching, make sure you desire this. Make sure you long for this. Because what the Spirit does is the Spirit of God, as a gift, the gifts are operating, then it impacts our life, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our being. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, He says, therefore, I remind you, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He said, therefore, I remind you to do what? To stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. So Paul laid his hands on uh, Timothy. I was going to say Saul. And uh, so the stir up the gift. See, each one of you are born with a gift. Each one of you are born with a gift, and gifts, plural. And now God will never take the gift away from you. The Bible says in Romans, He's never going to take the gift away from you, but you can use the gift to build the kingdom of God, or use the gift to build the world, or build yourself. Okay? So He's saying, stir up your gifts. Now, all these gifts are received through prayer. You've got to desire it, and when you have it, when you're born with it, you've got to stir it up, you've got to work that, you've got to exercise that, and you've got to, you do that through prayer. And the more you pray, the more greater confidence you have through the Spirit to exercise these gifts. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11, it teaches this. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. In his first letter, he said, but the manifestation of the Spirit, when you see the capital S, that's the Spirit of God. The big S is the Spirit of God. When you see a small S in Bible, that's your spirit and human spirit. Okay? Just something so you, when you're reading, you understand. Too many spirits. Which spirit is what? So it's able to help you. So, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Amen. For the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. It's plural. Tongues is plural. So I'll, I'll explain that. Different kinds of Tongues, not tongue. I'll explain that. To another, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same big spirit, spirit, works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. 
Now we're going to unpack that this morning. And I wish I had a whole day to do that. Uh, but I've got a few minutes, so let's get on to that. And I want to help you with this. So there, if you count properly, there are nine spiritual gifts. Okay? Say it with me. Nine spiritual gifts. There are nine spiritual gifts. And they, so what I did, just to understand, I've broken those nine into three different compartments. I'll show you what I mean by that. Abracadabra? No. Oh, I'm not a magician. All right. So we've got, we've got nine spiritual gifts. So I've put them in the category. I don't know if you can see it. Maybe if you just give me a hand, we'll put it up here, please. Thank you. Just up here. All right. So it's revelation, spoken, and power. So the gifts of God, these nine spirits, categorized into three, it's revelation, spoken, and power. And in revelation, I've, got, I've broken them into three things. So in each box here, we're going to open a gift. All right? There's a gift. See, the Bible says the Father knows how to give good gifts to His children. Earthly fathers long to give the best for their children. Amen. They want to give the best for the kids. How much more will the Heavenly Father give to those that ask? His intention is not that you suffer, you stay in misery. That's not the plan of God. Sin came in, we're not going to talk about that today, but He has given you gifts and He longs you to have this gift. And you take this gift and you use this gift. So the first gift we won't talk about is the word of wisdom. Okay? Now who wants to open this gift? Word of wisdom. Alright, you put your hand up first. Come on then. Come on. Open it. Give Him a hand. Yes. Is there something in there? Oh, that's yours. Yeah, you can have that. Yeah. Now, the word of wisdom. I put a chocolate in there. There's no chocolate in the Bible, by the way. Just to let you know. But I wanted to simplify, not spookify us. You know? And you can watch that. Simplify it. Gift. When you open the gift and you use the gift. Now, word of wisdom. What's word of wisdom? It's an application of God's word. The quickened word of God. You know, we see often the word of wisdom is how do you apply the word of God? How do you apply? It's not worldly wisdom, it's godly wisdom. Where does godly wisdom come from? It comes from the? What? It comes from this? No, it comes from the word of God. The wisdom is, comes from the word of God. The Holy Spirit helps us through wisdom. Now, I, I'll show you this. Now, in Matthew 4, the devil tempts Jesus. Matthew 4, the devil tempts Jesus. Now the devil came to Jesus with truth. He didn't come with lie, he came with truth. Three times he tempted Jesus. You can eat that. Three times he tempted Jesus. You know, and what did Jesus do? He fought the devil back. What a wisdom. He's using the scriptures, the quickened scripture. There are many times that in our lives that when we are caught in tricky places, it's the Word of God that comes to your spirit. The Word of wisdom is like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And the Word, the Holy Spirit helps us, reminds us, 
teaches us of his word. And see, you can't fight the devil in your own strength. Amen. You can't fight him in your own strength. You fight him with the word of God. Okay, so word of wisdom is not your business plan or your schooling. That's all great. It's, it's, but the word of wisdom comes from the leading and the guiding of the word of God with the Holy Spirit helping you with that. Amen. So you've got to understand if you don't have word in you, if you don't have the word of God in you, the spirit can't fully help you. So that's why you need the word in you. So the spirit will lead you to that truth. So you can apply the word and the word that sets you free. You apply the word in your heart. You apply the word in that situation and you begin to see God use you. Not your wisdom because we fail. Now I've got a second one. I've got another gift. Who wants to open this? We've got nine like this. Who wants to open this? All right, go. I said, you need a, no, 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 go for it. You can open that. A bit of sugar for you. Now, word of knowledge. What is word of knowledge? It is supernatural knowledge and insight being given directly to you by the Holy Spirit himself. Not by your own mind or your own intelligence. It's word of knowledge is the Holy Spirit revealing things to you that you cannot know unless it's not of God. So often things like that happen. There are many times where you, you know in your heart and, 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 and you, you know for sure, it's, it's like you know, salvation, when you have salvation, you know in your heart, you know in your heart, you, don't, you can't explain, but you know in your heart. See, when I came to New Zealand, as I said, with my DVT, uh, the doctor said, don't fly, but I knew God was leading me. You know, and, and he was leading me, but the but word of knowledge is, when I came here, and of course, you know the story, most of you, that I had DVD for nearly four years, doctor's medicine, none of that healed, but I was in this classroom, in a prayer room, and this couple, in their prayer time, they felt, and they said, Peter, we see you kicking something. Now, this is Kiwi couple here in New Zealand. Now, this, they're talking about something that happened in India. Okay? They said, we see you kicking something, and I see this weird face. And of course, I told the story about what happened because that took me to that because even I forgot of the incident that happened when I was 18. So when I talked about that, then we prayed against that spirit and then God brought healing, physical healing. Now, word of knowledge is those things where you know there's danger, you don't go that street. I know earthquakes in Christchurch when we lived there one of the elders of the church that I was part of uh, in Christchurch, every day he took High Street in Christchurch uh, during lunchtime. But this one day he felt, I'll walk on the other side of the street. And about lunchtime, the buildings collapse. And, and CTV building, one of the guys from the church worked for CTV building. And he's, he usually takes you know, lunch hour. But that morning he felt, I'm just going to take an early lunch hour today, and he left the building. 
and the building came down. There are a number of things that you know, word of knowledge, it reveals those things to you, but not by the spirit of human, but it's spirit of God. I love it when Jesus, remember with Jesus' story? Um, you know, Jesus goes to the lady at the well, and he goes, come on, give me some water. And he says, where's your husband? And she goes, I don't have a husband. And he goes, I know you're right. You don't have a husband. And the one that you're living with, you've had five, and the one you're living with is not your husband. Now, how did Jesus know that? Now, how did Peter know about Ananias? Remember what Ananias said? He lied before Peter. And when Ananias lied before Peter, Peter said, you didn't lie to me, but you lied to the Holy Spirit. I hope you catch this. Word of knowledge is those incidents that are revealed to you, not by flesh and blood, but by the Spirit of God. In discerning spirits, Discerning spirits is number three. It's the ability to detect the source of the spirit. There are a lot of spirits. One more spirit. Obviously, he doesn't want the gift. All right. There's one more spirit. It's the discerning spirit. Now, there are a lot of spirits that speak to you. I'm going to move forward with these, but this discerning spirit... You've got to understand, see, when the devil came to Jesus to tempt him, Jesus knew, even though the devil was using the truth, it's not fully truth. Why? He discerned the spirit behind that. When Peter, last week, Dan spoke about that, when Peter was telling Jesus that he shouldn't die on the cross. Now, Jesus discerned the spirit behind that and that's what that's the greatest rebuke of all it says satan get behind me just because someone brings you the truth doesn't mean it's truth because you've got to discern the spirit behind it is it god is it man or is it is it the evil spirit you know i, I love this story about um cornelius in acts chapter 10 cornelius now, Cornelius was a guy who was a Gentile, and Peter was, of course, a Jew. But the Holy Spirit reveals to Peter to go to Cornelius' house, and the Cornel Holy Spirit reveals to Cornelius to go and invite Peter. Now, a Jew never talked to a Gentile. And it, this is the first time that the Holy Spirit is communicating directly to a Gentile. And so now Peter could have said, now that's wrong, but Peter discerned the Spirit. Peter discerned the human spirit. And, and Simon the sorcerer, I'm just giving you some examples here, otherwise we'll be here forever. Simon the sorcerer, you know, he wanted the power, and he said, how can I get the power? Can I pay some money? And Peter rebuked Simon. And he's saying, that's your human spirit. You can't get power through paying money. It's the spirit of God that is revealed to you. I love it in Acts 16, 16, there was a, a woman who was going around where Paul was ministering. There was a woman that was going around and saying, this guy, these guys are children of God. 
These guys are the children of God. But she was possessed. She was possessed. And she was telling the truth, but she is trying to disturb the meeting. See, you've got to understand when someone tells you the truth, you've got to know where that spirit's coming from. You've got to recognize that spirit. She was telling the truth, but Paul gets up and he rebukes that spirit, the divination spirit. And, and, and the spirit, he rebukes her of that spirit and the spirit leaves. Just because you know the truth doesn't mean that you can go use it as you wish. And just because someone comes to you and says, the Bible says it, you've got to know who that is. Is it the man? Is it God? Or is it this evil spirit? I'll give you an example. Most of you know the story again when I asked Kara out my first time. How I asked her out. We started going out. And then there was this guy who came week after and he laid his hands on us and he said, this is not of God. And he prophesied, he gave us a scripture. But I recognized the spirit. He was using the scripture, but I recognized the spirit that it is not of God. There are, I can give you incidents after incidents. People can come and say, God told me to marry you. You know, let me not go there. Not you, but I'm not. So revelation, God told me to marry you. Which God is that? Because he never told me. Hello? And what I know, I mean, I have friends in uh, back home, uh, friends here in New Zealand who... Who've been married, whether it's the guy or the girl or the girl going to the guy, but then they feel this uh, oppression. They feel, oh man, God told you. He didn't tell me, but I better obey God because He told you. And they step into it. It's dangerous. Hello? You quiet? You know, there are a lot of cuckoo people. That's what I'm saying. There are a lot of cuckoos out there when we come to Holy Spirit. But you've got to recognize the Spirit that's working. How do you know? Because the Holy Spirit, the Word of God is so important for us to understand and see the incidences about these things. And if devil, think how foolish is devil to come to Jesus with the Word, with the Word. Not even a lie, with the Word comes and tempts Jesus. But Jesus recognizes it's not God. It's the evil spirit. There are a lot of people who will share, preach the word to condemn us. You've got to recognize that. That we are not called to live under bondage. Discerning of the spirits. And I, I love it. When I was a new Christian, we're learning about discerning of the spirits. And I tell you, it's amazing. If there's, I told the other day, if there's someone manifesting, bring them to me. I love it. Because why? Because you can see how real the spirit world is. I was sitting there in a bus. I was a student. I was 17. I was sitting in a bus. I was praying in tongues. And I was discerning spirits. And I was just sitting next to me. There was this lady, older lady. And I'm sitting there. And I, and I felt there's something wrong with her. And I'm praying in tongues. And I'm quiet and I'm praying. And then she sort of turns around and starts staring at me. And I'm freaking out. But also I'm excited. I'm 17. I'm freaking out. I'm excited. I know God's doing something here. And I'm going, Ooh. I said, and, and I'm praying, and I was a young Christian, and then she started hissing at me. And I'm thinking, this is freaky, but this is good, you know, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Peter, don't be afraid. Discern the spirits. Discerning spirits, because people can come with a good word, 
but with the evil in their heart. Recognize the spirit. Don't eat whatever everyone serves. Recognize who's serving, how they're serving, not just the word. Recognize the spirit where it's coming from. Is that okay? Shall we move on? All right. What are we now into spoken word, which is the tongues? We got spoken word. We got another one. So, so the point is tongues. Now, tongues is a plural, not a tongue, but tongues are plural. There are three types of tongues. There are three types of tongues. I'll go give it to someone here. Chris, you have a beautiful smile. You get the honor of opening that. All right. That's good. Now, tongues, it's a plural form. And you've got to under the three types of tongues. And we're going to talk about that. But the first one is, you know, they are spoken. The tongues are spoken. It's not just, you've got to speak it out. Signs to the unbelievers. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. It was used when they spoke in tongues. And, 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 and the people were able to understand. They go, ah, the unbelievers went, how did they speak? How do they know that language? Where is it coming from? And it was used to the unbelievers to show them in this instance that this is of God. It's a supernatural activity. You know, there's, so there's tongues. There are three types. One is to show it to the unbelievers. Number two, it's a prayer language. And before I go, if you want to write notes, write notes. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 22, talks about uh, tongues that is used as a testimony for unbelievers. That's number one. Number two, it's a prayer language. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And I'll read that to you. If you have your Bibles, you can turn. If you have your BAPS, which is your apps on your phone, go there. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the whole book talks about speaking in tongues and prophesying. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, now there's a small s, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries unto God. So prayer, tongues is a prayer as well. So that's why when we said pray in tongues, if you can pray in tongues, that means you're praying. And Jude 20 says, above all, pray in the Spirit, building your most holy faith. Pray in your spirit. It develops a, a, a spiritual capacity, develops a sensitivity where you can recognize it. It's a prayer language that your mind cannot understand, but it's your spirit connects with spirit. Why? God is a spirit. Amen. And we are a spirit and a spirit to spirit connection. So can I just say today churches have actually stopped teaching on these things. People, today churches that don't want to activate these things. This is what gives us power. That's why we got so many Christians are on antidepressants than actually working the word of God. If you speak in tongues, if you read the word, if you allow the gifts activate in you, if you allow the Holy Spirit, I'm saying you and I will have troubles, but guess what? Be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. That means the greater is He that's in you. When you're praying, He is rising up within you to help you overcome your problems. Hello? So, you, there's a, that's the second type of tongue. Now, the third type of tongue is for the public use at church for edification, which is equal to prophecy. It's in 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. 
I don't know how many of you pray in tongues, but I want to encourage you to do that if you pray in tongues. If you're not, we're going to pray for you. Verse 26 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. It says, How is it then, brethren, whenever you came together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done in edification. So he's saying, when you, when you, so this tongue is actually called where you, where you prophesy, where you speak in tongues and you prophesy. And that takes me to the interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 13. Only those that pray in tongues can operate in this gift. Because what does it do? It, it helps you bring prophetic word. We were at Faith Bible College a couple of weekends ago. And there was a guy who was preaching and he spoke in tongues. And believe me, Kara turns around and, he, and she goes, is he going to interpret that? And then he interpreted. Do you remember that? She goes, is he going to interpret that? Because we were all praying in tongues, but there was a sound that was very different. And she goes, is he going to interpret? And believe me, he started interpreting that. And, and, and the spirit started to activate in that place. So when you recognize the tongue, so that's why I'm encouraging you first, learn to spend time praying in tongues. Learn to spend time praying in tongues. It's not weird, it's biblical. Thank you, those three people. Then prophecy. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Prophecy, can I just say, make sure you be aware of cuckoo prophecies too. Okay, the people can come, as I said to you earlier, not every prophecy is from God, even though it's in the name of God. Recognize prophecy. Prophecy is, 1 Corinthians 14.3, it's for edification, it is for exaltation, it is for exhortation, and it is for comfort. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification, what a prophecy builds you up. Exhortation, it stirs you from inside. And comfort, it gives you peace. It gives you peace. If it's not, that's why the Bible says, make sure in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 29, judge prophet, uh, pr prophecies, judge prophecies. Now, can I just say, Again, prophetic word, to judge that, sometimes you know how to judge it. Sometimes you already know what's happening and God confirms that. But sometimes you've never heard that. And so wait on God on that. Take it to someone else. Look at scriptures. Talk to people that you trust. Not just get what you want to get, you know, but make sure that the Holy Spirit, remember, Holy Spirit is the one that gives you that revelation. Amen. Even if, pe don't go by people's advice. A lot of us know how to make it sound godly. But only God can bring clarity. Amen. But the evil spirit, he's always there to condemn us. That's why I prayed this morning, Father, help me to hear not what I want to hear, but what your spirit wants me to hear. That's important. Believe me, if you use these gifts, it will help you in your spiritual walk. I'm doing all this 
quite quickly. So prophetic words. There are prophetic words on my life that I got spoken over by Dave Short, who is going to preach in our church, Pastor Dave Short. On the 2nd of December, him and his wife are coming together. That's exciting. And he's going to preach to us, teach to us. But he gave me a prophetic word when I was 14. And I'm still kind of going, what is that, Lord? You know, it still hasn't come to pass. What have I done? I've put it on the shelf. Because the problem is, don't chase after a prophetic word. Hello? But chase after God's heart. Amen. I'll give you an example. I can go. I'm trying to be very disciplined here. But when, when Samuel goes and anoints not the six older kids or seven older kids and Jesse wasn't, wasn't there. Uh, sorry, not Jesse, David. Even Jesse, the father, forgot about David. But David, Samuel anoints David to be the next king of Israel. David didn't go back and go, I'm the king. Now you all bow before me. The prophet confirmed it. You bow before me. Now kiss my hand. I am the king. He didn't do that. He went back to shepherding. You see what I'm saying? The one that gives you a prophetic word, he's able to bring that prophetic word to pass. Don't chase after that. I've got so many. Oh, I'm a prophet. How do you know you're a prophet? This person told me I'm a prophet. Well, God didn't tell me you're a prophet. So, I'm, is this helpful? To an ex- I'm opening a big subject in 35, 40 minutes. I'm trying to package this so you're able to understand, discern the spirit of this prophetic side of things. Last three, we're going to move. Last three, I've put it under power. So, so far, we've done what? We've done. So, should we put these here? Is there a gift in here? Oh, there are two more gifts. I never used it. There you go. Who wants this? You want it. There you go. And then we move on to power. All right. Shohan, since you've been so good folding your hands, sitting there like a good boy, I'm going to give you open that. You need sugar. All right. And so then we're going to move into power. Everyone likes power. Don't we? If there are signs and wonders in... That's the power of the Holy Spirit. There we go. We've got to make noise because it's power. All right. Now, everyone wants power. I tell you, if there's healings here today, our church is going to be packed. Can I just say, if there's healings here today, everyone's going to come for what? Healing, not for God. But the Bible is very clear. God, Psalmist said that very clearly. Psalmist David said it. He said, God revealed Moses his plans, but to the Israelites, his works. So, God revealed his face to Moses, but to Israelites, he revealed his miraculous power. But what I'm saying is don't chase after the miraculous power. Chase after the one that gives you the miraculous power. Amen. Don't just go for a healing. I'm not discouraging you from healing, but don't be greedy for the gift. Hello? Uh, Christmas is coming. Yes? I've got three little kids at home. They've already got the list, Santa list. Okay, now greediness, we don't encourage in our house. We got to understand why we give gifts. We got to understand what's this whole thing about gift. It's about when you receive a gift, you got to understand who the giver is. Why is he giving you the gift? 
If you want to just the gift but not the giver, there's something wrong. Amen. That's why a lot of people, you know, people, oh, I mean, I come from India. We got half a million people. I've been to crusades and conferences where we've had half a million people. I kid you not. And it's amazing. It's amazing. They all come not for Jesus, the person. They come for the miracle. Now, there's nothing wrong because sometimes God heals and then he reveals his heart. That's his sovereign plan. But I'm saying, let's run to him. In him, there is healing. In him, there is fullness of joy. In him, there is peace. Peace, healing, everything is in him. When you have Christ, hallelujah, you have the gift. So I'm going to talk about the gift of faith. That's a good one, gift of faith. Do you know gift of faith is different to the measure of faith? Measure of faith is for a day-to-day life. Measure of faith is very different to the gift of faith. Gift of faith is believing for the supernatural to take place while you're in a prayer meeting, while you're doing something. When Jesus was walking on water, Peter, there was, he operated in a gift of faith that the others didn't have. He walked on water. When Peter went into the temple, he had a gift of faith. Silver I have none, gold I have none, what I have I give you. Rise up and walk. He needed to you know, wake him up. But so it's, it's important to understand the gift of faith. It is different to the measure of faith. It comes from, for a reason, for a season. A gift, of, gift is released in a place of unity amongst other believers. A gift of faith comes by prayer. It's very different to your measure of faith. It's your salvation. It's your day-to-day. Lord, I believe I have salvation. I believe that you're with me. I'm growing in you. Maturity. That's the measure of faith. You're growing daily in the Lord. You have faith in God. But the gift of faith is for the supernatural purpose. Pastor Don did that a couple of weeks ago. He moved in word of knowledge and he said, there's somebody here who is sick. And there was a gift of faith that was released. And in our own church, someone got healed. Just a few weeks ago. What was that? That was a gift of faith. That's why some people, some people go, well, I've got the gift of faith with Clara and I. We operated in gift of faith when we moved from Christchurch to Auckland. We just knew. We just had that faith that God who called us, He's more than able to look after us. The gift of faith comes for a reason, for a season, and then it stops. But the measure of faith, it continually, it's a day-to-day activity with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God. That's why the Bible, you know, it's, I'm not talking about Romans 12, 3, where it says measure of faith, or Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. That's an everyday, but the gift of faith. I mean, there are people um, that have you know, like even when in our own church, I understand back in the early 70s or 80s, people uh, gave their houses for Hebron Christian School. You know, they sold their houses for Hebron Christian School, the gift of faith. James shared a story with us about the Bible College when Pastor Bruce uh, made an announcement. God was doing something in him. He and Kelly gave their first home deposit as an offering and when he was sharing this he was in tears this was about a year and a half ago two years ago but he moved in a gift of faith 
but I've been asking him to give me 100 bucks. He hasn't moved in it yet. See, gift of faith is different because he has the gift of faith at that particular time. I might not have it. That doesn't mean he has to judge me for it. It's God using him for the gift of faith. I'm true. Yeah. You know, when, when you activate in Holy Spirit and all these things, can I say, when the infilling of the Holy Spirit, when you, when you know there's a dwelling of the Spirit, there's infilling of the Spirit, but when you know, that's why we say, come Lord Jesus, come fill me afresh, it doesn't mean that He's already left you. It means in Ephesians chapter 5, He says, the infilling of the Spirit of God. That when we need that refreshing infilling of the Spirit of God every day. And when I am filled with the Spirit, it doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than myself. So that's why a lot of people go, I have the gift. So you, you don't have the gift, you're there, I'm here. You know, we elevate people. It's not about comparing with other people. The gift of faith and uh, in, in, in the infilling of the Spirit, all these gifts, is to make me better than me so I can continue to serve God, but it is not a competition. Amen. You know, you might have a gift, different gift than I do, but we've we got to complement each other. All right? Where are we? All right. Gift of healing is another one. I want to give you this. This is a... All these are one at a time. Hey, you got a smile there, Nella. Look at that. She goes, give it to me. She, I, I knew it. It's the Holy Spirit now. You know? uh, and there's a gift of healing. Now, gift of healing. I'm going to talk on that. Keep the box. I'm going to talk on gift of healing. Mark 16, 18. It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, can I just say healing hasn't ceased. God is still healing people today. God's continuously healing people today. So continue to stir up the gift. Amen. Continue to stir up the gift. So God can heal people. If there's a gift in you, come on, lay hands on people and believe for healing. Now there are different types of healings. Sometimes the gift brings immediate healing. It brings immediate healing in your life. Matthew 8, 3 talks about that, you know, that immediate healing and he spoke and there was immediate healing. And in my own life, I've experienced that immediate healing in my leg when I was telling you I was doing sound and the Holy Spirit, I fell down, Peter. The more I danced, the more it was so. But after a while, immediately, in that, within that 5-15 minutes, God brought healing to my leg. The pain was gone. The DVD didn't go. Pain was gone. DVD didn't go. DVT was a gradual healing. Sometimes it's a gradual healing. John 4.52, it's a gradual healing. I can give you the scriptures if you want. But it's a gradual healing. You need that. Sometimes you've got to work on that. Sometimes it's a spoken word. Your faith, my word. Remember the centurion? He said, don't come to my house. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. It's a spoken word. Sometimes it's the presence of Jesus. Just in his presence, people are healed. Just by Him being there. Luke 15, 7. Just by the presence of Jesus, they are healed. Peter walking by the shadow of Peter, people were healed. It's not Peter's shadow. You know what? If we have that kind of anointing today, that you're healed by shadow, people will have copyrights on shadows. Insurance on your shadow. Then they'll make millions of money on your shadow. They'll block the sun and only reveal it when there's people... <laughs> 
it's not a money marketing, money making marketing business. This we're talking the presence of God. Amen. Okay. Last one on this is sometimes the anointing with oil brings healing. James, he talks about that. Lay hands. Call upon the elders. Lay hands. Uh, and James 5.14. Call upon the Let them lay hands. Anoint you with oil and pray for healing. Call upon the elders. Make them busy. The last one is working of miracles. Deal not only with the physical side of our life, but it's the whole Christian life. It's a law against nature. Miracles. That's what I was saying earlier. Paul did not say in 1 Corinthians 4.20, that, you know, he didn't say, I want to debate with you. He said, I come to you with power of God in me. Jesus didn't come to debate. A lot of us are into debates. In a working of miracles, it's the power of God. And, amen. And the salvation. The God uses miracles to heal people, to restore people, set people free. And that's where I've seen Israelites, miracle after miracle. Acts, New Testament, we see miracles after miracles. So many miracles. But the thing is that we've got to continue to seek the one that provides the miracle and not seek miracles itself. Amen. Is that clear? In Psalm 103 verse 7, that's what David said, which I was quoting earlier. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. What do you want to know? Moses' face? God's face? Or his acts? That wasn't the Holy Spirit. Don't mystify what is powerful and supernatural. The Holy Spirit is naturally supernatural. Don't try to naturalize the Holy Spirit with your carnal mind. I want to say this. Don't naturally, can I get the worship team? Don't try to naturalize the Holy Spirit with your carnal mind. He is supernatural. He doesn't need your understanding for Him to move. He will move. Are you with me? He doesn't need your permission. Or he doesn't need your theology for him to move. He will move when he needs to move. So I want to encourage you this morning. You know, Apostle Paul had the nine gifts. Can you put that slide there, please, with scriptures? Take a photo, take notes if you want to. Paul operated in all nine gifts. In all nine gifts. And I don't have time to take you through all this. But I'm telling you, you don't need just one. You can have all nine gifts if you want. He's willing to give you the gift so you can operate in the gift. When I give, who ate the chocolate that I gave this morning? Thank you for eating the chocolate. That's all right. Thank you for eating the chocolate. Why? Because there was a little gift in there. You used it. Now, when a gift is given, don't put it on the shelf. Use it. Amen. When God gave you a gift, if you got a teaching gift, use teaching gift. You know, if you got a gift of discernment, use that on people and for the kingdom of God. Don't hold back. Amen. Last scripture, 1 Corinthians 12.31. But earnestly desire the best gifts. 
earnestly desire best gifts. There are so many spirits that are operating and we are so confused as children of God. We're confused because we don't know whether it's God, whether it's human, whether it's the devil. Hello? Come on, each one of you have got gifts in you. God wants you to use that. God wants you to use those gifts. For us to move in power, we need to use those gifts. What gift do you have? Let's use that gift for His glory. Amen. Can we stand to our feet? I'm going to pray. If you don't go to connect groups, can I just say, please go to connect groups at least for this series because they're studying them thoroughly in their connect groups. Father, I thank you for the nine gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's nine gifts. We thank you, God, for giving us these gifts so that we can operate in these gifts. We can use these gifts so that your kingdom is established, so your kingdom is advancing, so your kingdom is being built on earth. Every misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit, Lord, we break its power in the name of Jesus. We know, God, that you are not a God who brings confusion. Is the evil spirit. And I pray if there's confusion in our mind here this morning. Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it me? I pray that you break that confusion in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will bring us clarity so we recognize my sheep, hear my voice, and they follow me. Oh God, teach us to recognize your voice. Thank you, Father.